When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Monday of Thanksgiving week, but you are a Penn State football addict, so you're watching the BWI Daily Edition, our live show, and I love you for it. We're going to be talking about Penn State Rutgers. We're going to be taking a look ahead to the offseason, some bowl predictions, and of course, of course we're going to talk about, you know, Sean Clifford and Drew Aller. This, it wouldn't be the Daily without talking about those two people. Welcome to the BWI Daily Edition once again. That's Nate Bauer. I am Thomas Frank Carr. We are talking about Penn State football. By the way, you can call me T. Frank if you want to. Uh, let's talk about... First off, first off, stop, 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 hey. stop, 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 stop. Hey, Happy T. Thanksgiving, Nate. Hey, T. <laughs> you you know, that... the f- two things, two things about that. So for those that don't know, um, James Franklin at press conferences calls me T. Um it is not the first time that's happened. In fact, the person who gave me the nickname T. Frank shortened it down to T after two years because Thomas Frank is too long, and at a certain point, T. Frank becomes laborious as well. Uh, also, the second thing is when people say "Hey, T. Frank" into my uh, into a voicemail, it comes out as "Hey, T. Frank." Mm. So you know we're coming full circle on things people didn't want to know about. I. <laughs> personally love hey t it's like my favorite <laughs> thing in the world so we're just gonna go with it uh so happy thanksgiving nate how you doing i'm great how are you happy thanksgiving to you this is uh gonna be a busy week if we intend to not work on thursday <laughs> yeah so that is so so let's start there for regulars of the show we do plan on doing most if not all of the shows this week uh, but Thanksgiving is Thursday, so we're going to figure that part out ourselves, but we're yeah. going to try and give you all of the pens because it's a, it's, it's a Penn State football week. We're going, yeah. just like everyone else, we're going 1-0 this week. We're going to be covering Michigan State and all that stuff. We're here talking about Rutgers. We're talking about the postgame uh, breakdown of all of that stuff. So we're trying to give you everything for the final push of the Penn State football season. That's the first thing. Second thing is, quick uh, note off the top, I want to apologize to some of our listeners and some of our viewers who, um, some behind the scenes stuff, when when I create the show each day on Monday, there's a couple different ways you can do it, and the way I did it today, it sent out a notification to everybody that we're going live at 616. Uh, I have since corrected that. I, not, I did not know that was happening, so I apologize to everyone who showed up uh, at six o'clock, and by the way, thank you. You guys are superstars. Hopefully, you're back here now. Um, but we'll be we'll be making sure that doesn't happen in the future. Um, but we're going to be giving you all the content we normally do, uh, and we're going to be doing all of it here, heading into into the game against Michigan State. Um, let's start we're, where we always do, Nate. We're gonna miss this when it's gone. You know that. Like <laughs> knowing what we're going to talk about each day, having no, I'm just, having things to talk about. <laughs> we spend we spend the entirety of December through August wishing that there were football games to talk about. And then we get to the last week in November and it's like, oh, man, this season just keeps yeah. going. It's just the the grind of it. Uh, it, it. Not that I'm complaining. I'm not complaining. This is but great. This is the best it's job. Everybody. In the world. Everybody has fatigue about football at this point in the year. Um, yep. I like just just wa- looking at you know all the interactions we've had throughout the year. Uh, it's true that Penn State fans care about two games in particular, and then if anything crazy happens, um, yep. that this time in the year people are just a little bit burnt out from football. It is it's a grind for everybody to show up each week and to think about it and to talk about it and to go through all of it. And that's what I want to do today is like maybe give a little bit of that offseason talk, a little bit of a look ahead, because, you know, f- as as 
as much fun as it is probably for four out of five games now to be blowouts, there hasn't been a whole lot of intrigue lately. There hasn't been a lot yeah. to, to juice what you your your juice is flowing as a Penn State football fan. So we're gonna try and talk about more stuff today. It is it is um you know, I, I've been kicking around a column idea that I'm I'm going to write this week, but uh in defense of or in praise of boring you know uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> right like i mean there, there there's just a, a certain element of the way penn state has played over the last you know certainly since the ohio state game but just in general uh this season it it yeah it came up short in those two big games no no question about it uh there were other games on the schedule that seemed big until yeah. penn state won it easily right uh, or certainly in the case of Purdue. I mean, that was just a wild, ridiculous yeah. game. But, right, it just seems like every game since then has sort of fallen with the storyline. I mean, there just there haven't been these huge twists and turns other than Michigan being a complete blowout. Uh, yeah. Michigan winning was not a surprise. Michigan being a blowout was a surprise. And Ohio and State being competitive. And and Michigan, I will I'll say this from my part: Michigan being better than I expected, absolutely better better than you know uh, what I had seen on film, and getting better at critical areas throughout the season. Although I, I watched JJ McCarthy at the end of that game. Yep, they could have ended that six times if he just throws the ball to number eighteen. So yep. like good, but. I, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how good that team is in, in the postseason and this upcoming week. But uh, yeah, it's just been it's been a very steady final month of the season after, you know, where we try to get to. Right. So we try to get here so early in the season of knowing what this team is, knowing mm -hmm. what they're about, the identity. We talk about that for the first month of the season. What is your identity? What do you want it to be? How, what do you grow into it? Now that we're here, we're like, okay, great. We know what it is. Now we've got to finish out the season. Yep. <laughs> we're going to be getting to your uh, comments, your questions tonight uh, in the live chat, as we always do. You don't have to donate to the channel to get on the show. If you have a particularly good question and I see it throughout the course of the conversation, it'll appear on screen. Uh, but it is the easiest way for me to see it because it's in bright, bold letters. And uh, we always get to people that uh, donate to the channel because it's the least we can do for their generosity. Right off the top, Joshua v Villano says, simmer down, Peter. If I'm Peter, then absolutely not. I will not simmer down. That is not what I do. <laughs> I only simmer up, you know, pressure cooker. Lots of excitement, lots of energy. David says, Penn State scored 34 offensive points. Offense started slow, but scored plenty of points. So he's satisfied? I'm David, not. David's a regular here. I don't feel like David is entirely satisfied yeah. with the Penn State offense, but I think he is, is trying to be on that balanced part of the, uh, of the scale this morning. Lambda says, Haiti Frank has a much different vibe. It, it very much does, and one that probably does not equate to anything in reality uh steven says love the content have a great tea day you too steven appreciate all you guys that are here this week talking with us um let's get into let's can we talk about the about offense about yeah i, I want to yeah i want to address that 34 points because yeah I, I wrote about it on sunday uh you know i mean pesce was bad offensively for the first seven possessions six possessions of the yep. game i mean they were not moving the ball there was nothing clicking uh and and personally i think and you know i, I always hesitate to get too far carried away but you know the the charade of dealing with olufashanu being out landon tangwall being out uh, Caden Wallace being out now, Parker Washington being out like there's only so many tricks that you can do. And I thought that Rutgers, a physical team, exploited that early in the game. I mean, I, I yep. like Drew Shelton is this, this great story, right? Uh, here's a guy who would have played this year had Olu Fashanu not been in the way. Okay, but. Also, he's a true freshman and looked like a true freshman playing against Rutgers in the first quarter of that game, uh, right? Like they, there were there were struggles that they had uh, that they just they couldn't hide, and so it took a 
Johnny Dixon interception, right? Uh, really for them to do anything offensively. It took, and it took them even then <laughs> it took them right. Six plays, seven plays to, to go the 30 yards that they needed for a touchdown. Yeah. Um, you know, it just, it just was not like black and white here. It just, it wasn't, it wasn't a great start to the game offensively, but, 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 but you see the way that this team's identity has coalesced around the defense creating, yeah. right? Like the defense when they can, is, right? When they can, when they can. And, and you're not always going to be in a position where you can rely upon that. You, you get that, but between Nick Singleton's kickoff return. Okay. Especially like that. James Franklin talks about it all the time. Uh, complimentary football, complimentary football. And it, in some respects, it sounds like lip service, but when the offense is in some of the dire straits that they are, they already yeah. had issues at receiver, right? Like they, they <laughs> right. So now Parker Washington's out, like they're, they're just trying to make this work. And it turns into 34 offensive points because at that point, Rutgers was put down. Like there was nothing right. left for Rutgers to do. So I, I, I don't know. Like it just, it feels to me as though there's all these different storylines, but I'm looking at this weekend against the Michigan state team that everybody is, you know, what have you done for me lately? Right. It's been a struggle right. for Michigan state this season and they just right. lost to Indiana, but guess what? <laughs> like Michigan state always plays Penn state tough. Yep. Uh, it'll be like, I will be surprised if it's not a game one, because of what Penn state is in what yep. Penn state situation is. And then two, because Michigan state is going to try to figure it out. Like they'll try yeah. to be, they'll try in the beginning of this game. So, so uh, you said about six things there that are super. I know. I'm so sorry. So. I was just, I was just <laughs> rambling. I'm just, whoa, whoa. Well, no, it, you, you made so many good points. And I want to get to all of them. The, the, I'll start with the last one because that's where I'm stuck for a second. If Penn State can't throw on this Michigan State team without snow, this is still one of the most egregiously bad secondaries I've seen in a while. I watched about five seconds of them facing Rutgers on film when I was trying to watch the Rutgers game. So many blown coverages. So many safeties that don't know what football is, but from what I can tell, two years in a row that they... So I, if, if that is the case on Saturday and Sean mm -hmm. Clifford is missing those receivers... Yeah, it's going to that's going to be kind of an egregious one where they struggle because come on, that's that's what you're trying that's what this offense tries to do more than anything with with Mike Yersich is exploit deep balls and get the ball to receivers downfield. Um have going back seen, to the Rutgers I mean, thing. Have you seen Sean Clifford? <laughs> well, yeah. So that's that was what I was going to get to next is like the X's and O's part of this. First off, the film study is coming out tomorrow morning. We had a lot of breaking news today, a lot of intrigue in recruiting, which if you want to go sign up for bluewhiteillustrated.com, it is just $10 to get all the recruiting information you could ever stomach. It is just a it is a buffet of nuggets and interesting information over on the Lions Den message forum. $10 until football season starts again next year. Great deal. Sign up for it now. Um, but the film study is coming out tomorrow. That's the point of that. I'll give you a preview, though. Rutgers went back to the well, and they didn't play cover zero as much, but they did go back to playing press man coverage and tightening the windows on Sean Clifford, and they're the first offense or first defense that's had a legitimate pass rush that has some teeth to it to actually challenge Penn State's backup tackles. And it yep. came through, and it, it affected Sean Clifford and yep. his decision-making. However, to take a uh, line from your book, However, he was able to make some decisions throughout the game with maybe some strong coaching from the sideline that changed the way the game went and was able to open up the running game and some of the passing game. So he gives you something, he takes something away. I've, I've described it this way, Nate. Sean Clifford is a sub shop. You know when you go and, and, and you get like, you get a choice of two meats and you got to pay extra for guac. And you got to get the side, right? So you can, oh, you have to, it's yeah, pick yeah. four and there's sure. seven options. So if you want him to get to his check downs, then you can't have him not throw turnovers. If totally. you want him to get out of the pocket properly and look downfield, then you're not going to have him doing something else. So you get two things a week and then he forgets to do the rest of them. 
And what he forgot to do last week was keep his eyes up against man coverage when he scrambles and creates those voids and zones and he creates those open opportunities. He's just looking to run when it's cover one. And that's that's all they did on Saturday was stack the box. You're not going to run the ball. And then they played man coverage and said, this quarterback that it's a roulette wheel, we're going to see if he can beat us. And it just took a while. And uh, yep. thankfully for Penn State fans, the defense and the special teams came through in the meantime. So, and, well, and him running, him running the ball on that next to last possession of the first half, whatever, whatever that was, whatever that, right when they he had a eighteen yard carry and then had the yep. touchdown, like that we, was. We when get into it felt- all of that. That's yep. That's exactly when he actually started doing the things he was supposed to do. Yes. So, I mean, you know, look, like it's, it is not his fault that there was pressure on just about every pass that he had in those first two or three, four possessions, right? I mean, that that was not um, necessarily just his issue, but I mean, I, you know, look, like he is who he is. I, you know, I just, there's nothing, there's nothing more to say. Like, I mean, it just, we have one more game in his in his regular season career. We'll see what happens in the bowl game. There is one more Sean Clifford conversation coming up for us. So it is, it is that there will be significantly more and less to talk about because we get to do a new evaluation, but uh, we can't play the hits anymore. Pretty soon. We can't, we can't go back to the same. Well, another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Speaking of the future, Nick wants to know, is Tony Rojas going to be as good as Abdul Carter was this year? Um... I think Tony Rojas is a phenomenal athlete. I think he can be very good. He is not 235 pounds. Abdul Carter walked into the building 235 pounds. So could he have a different impact? That is entirely possible. We'll see. He does not play def- He does not play linebacker right now. He is a running back and a defensive end for Fairfax. So where Abdul Carter was as a junior is where... Tony Rojas is now playing defensive end. I'm sorry, as a sophomore. Uh, yep. he, Carter played two years of linebacker. So it would be very hard for, you know, let, let's let's even out the expectations, although I do think that they got a phenomenal talent in Abdul Carter. And again, recruiting information, some good stuff over there at the Lions Den message forum. Um, other things from the game. You mentioned not having Parker Washington. Yep. A big part of the story, how Mitchell Tinsley how he played the 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 you know cascade of effects of moving him into the slot. Um, we're gonna hear tomorrow mm-hmm. about the status of Parker Washington. You've been pretty clear about what you expect, but can you just lay it out for everybody else what you expect tomorrow from James Franklin? Yeah, well, uh, you know, assuming that he had the conversation with Parker and his family that he needed to, I would anticipate him saying that Parker is not gonna play anymore this season. So uh, you know, look like. <laughs> the with with some of these guys, it's not just Parker Washington, right? Uh, the Olu Fashanu situation, um, you know, the, the, this is it. There's one game left, so you know, I think like maybe and, and didn't didn't Franklin after the game didn't he say playing in seven games, starting the majority of them, that's the worth burning the red shirt? Like he basically said he's he's the starter for the rest of the season without declaring Fashanu out for the year. He did. I, I, I'm not really entirely sure, you know, because there's this policy of he'll announce it when it's a season ending injury. Uh, you know, I mean, look, put it this way. Uh, the assumption for Zariah Fisher 
when he got hurt in the spring with a knee injury was that he would miss the entirety of this season. Uh, And so Penn State football proper, right? Their spokespeople, what have you, uh, when the information was looked for as for whether or not it was a season-ending injury for Zariah Fisher, uh, they wouldn't say so, right? And because like, but but that was the assumption was that it would be. So I think that any time that there is any type of medical possibility of a guy coming back within the time frame of Penn State playing football games, they err on the side of optimism, right? That it's that it's a possibility. <laughs> and so there's a possibility that they'll come back. However, uh, with Parker Washington, James Franklin, the way that he handled it in the post game, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was like, oh, we're going to basically straighten all of this out before making an announcement. Well, what other announcement could there be? <laughs> like, we're we're going to announce that he might play in the ball game. No, probably we're going not. to announce that. Uh, yeah, I was going to have to come up with something funny and I yeah, fell I flat on my face. <laughs> I don't I, you know, it's 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 hard because it's uh, I do find some level of humor in, you know, this this song and dance. I mean, it's I, I get yeah. it. I totally understand it. But at the same time, there's a there's a side effect of like. Well, that stinks. Like that stinks for for Parker Washington. You don't want that to happen to anybody. You don't want Olufashanu yeah. to have to miss the rest of the year. You don't want uh, Caden Wallace to to go through some of the stuff that he's going through right now. So, you know, it's a it's a tough situation, but also one that when we're talking about the program and how it is handling these situations, like let's be let's be realistic. Let's be clear eyed about this. When we do the depth chart for next week for the Michigan State game. We're not going to project a Lufushanu as the starter, <laughs> right? Like it's right. Just, that that much is established at this point. So, yeah. Anyway, it's a <laughs> it, it's it is a song and dance. It's the pageantry of the process. It seems like with James Franklin. Um, this is the BWI Daily Edition. This is our live show on Monday. If you're enjoying the show, please hit the like button so that you can let people know that you're enjoying this and that it is not a a waste of your time that you enjoyed the show and that we're doing a, a good job talking about Penn State football. Um, how do you categorize this year? Because I started this whole conversation saying Penn State, we know their identity now. Mm-hmm. And they have blown out, you know, 30 plus points in four of the last five games against Big Ten teams and, you know, a non conference decisive victory against Auburn as well. Yep. Um, can you put some interesting context on is this team good? Because, you know, there seems to be this this push and pull of if you're not it, it's Ricky Bobby, if you're not first, you're last. Yeah. And that's that's ridiculous in 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 the reality, but in the context of college football, if you're not competing with Michigan and Ohio State and one of those two teams goes into the final season without a loss, then yep. your season has been a loss it seems. So what is the context of stomping, you know, lower end Big Ten teams, but not being able to get over the hump? How do you how do you fit this picture to to make sense of it this year? Yeah, I think I mean I think that they are where they belong. They're a top fifteen team. They are not a top six team, right? I mean, like they belong there. They belong somewhere between seven and fifteen, and so. The bowl, wherever they end up, uh, presuming that they get a matchup against another seven to fifteen type of team, will tell us a lot. It will tell us more than we currently know. Um, you know, I mean, certainly, there's things change so much by the time that you get to the bowl game that it's just it's hard to to gauge these things. But I, you know, I saw a team that has pulled. To to me, uh, yes, I talked in the offseason about 10 and 2. When push came to shove, I picked 9 and 3. I thought they would stub their toe somewhere other than Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, So if they beat Michigan State, they will have exceeded that. And and so, I mean, I, I, I think all credit goes to them and to the program for 
coming through during a season that had low expectations externally, but also was like turning the corner into put up or shut up time because based on what happened the last two seasons, right? So, so to me, this is, yes, we can have a conversation about this being a bridge season. You're, you're getting into um, the drew uh, Alar era next year. Nick Singleton gets a year under his belt. Katron Allen gets a year under his belt. Abdul Carter denied Dennis. Yeah. Uh, yep. All of these, all of these pieces so, on both sides of the ball that are going to be back. So this is, to me, this is the the way I've tried. I've tried to contact, put this in context. Is I think you you summed it up perfectly. It was a put up year after the two la- the last two seasons. However, you want to categorize twenty twenty, but twenty twenty one was a disappointment considering the trajectory that Penn State was on. Penn State is now back on that trajectory. They are, in fact, even before then, they were not blowing teams out this way. They were were not having this surgical of an effectiveness, especially on the defensive side of the ball, over the course of, you know, leading into 2019. They were a very good team. They were a 10-2 team. But I have not seen them put so much distance between themselves and that other tier of the Big Ten, at least statistically, you know, week in and week out. Uh, And like I said, we'll see what happens this offseason and how many Diaz and the defense is received next season. But year one, when everyone, you know, the first go around, Manny Diaz, I'd say even in the in the Ohio State game, he gets credit for a win there uh, because he they held Michigan. They held Ohio State to under most of their point totals and and their ability to put up points on offense through, you know, historical part of the season. Um this is this it's an interesting thing of looking that's to me that's very important too of getting back to where they were pre-pandemic and now is there an opportunity to build Nate are they back on track to where they can build with resource literally infrastructure and all those things yeah i mean i, I the storyline that is interesting to me is okay defensively they've been pretty good. Okay. And so there are a couple of pieces that they're going to have to replace next year, but uh, the opportunism of the defense has taken a next step this year. Like that. There's no question about that. Uh, And they, and they talked about it. Like, I mean, these are all these conversations that we had over the off season was being more aggressive, setting yourself up for these, better opportunity. I mean, in honestly, the conversation through the first three or four weeks of the season was about why they didn't have any sacks, why they didn't have any uh, pressures, these quarterback pressures. Right. I mean, that was what people were talking about. We understood that some of it was a symptom of quarterbacks who were trying to get the ball out before they got there. Um, right. But, but yeah, like on the defensive side of the ball, all, all of that stuff is in great shape. Um, you know, it's just, it just it remains a point of intrigue to me that Penn State's offense to to me, and I am absolutely open to be disagreed with on this, just has not hit the level of efficiency or consistency. I would say that. I mean, is that fair, <laughs> Your, your like, Honor? We fair. we. We just we have answered this question. Yeah, they have not because the what the most consistent and efficient the offense was was the Minnesota game, yeah. where they were able to you know put up points and get the ball down the field. But even then, the first quarter was was a rough a rough start. And if you so this is kind of the way I've been looking at it. Each game is a, there's a discovery phase of what is this trying team trying to do this week. Some teams will have more new stuff for you than others, but there's always a wrinkle. There's always something, and uh, Penn State's problem is that the person in charge of discovering and going through that process is Mike Yersich and Sean Clifford. So if your quarterback is inconsistent. And he is leading you through that, and he cannot play above the things he's not understanding, or you know, even the times he is understanding it, and he just can't process the information post snap. Then this is what you get: you get inconsistency. This offense from week one, when James Franklin said it, we're an inconsistent offense. I was like, 
Well, you, you nailed it. That's what they've been under Sean Clifford for four years is inconsistent. Going back to 2019 when it was all boom or bust with KJ Hamler and the deep ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been boom or bust with Saquon Barkley, too. I mean, I remember that as being a, a, a sticking point during the 2016 and 2017 years. But they were the diversity of their explosiveness was so much greater. There were there were so many yes. pieces there that could be explosive. Because uh, they, Sean Clifford could do, I'm sorry, because Trace McSorley could operate that offense. The boomer yeah. bust of Saquon Barkley was zero yards or 40 yards. Right. But Trace McSorley kept the offense on schedule. His decision-making of when to keep the ball, when to throw, the RPO. Yes, the offense got itself into those situations of kind of schematically, you could put it in a corner after a while. But the decision-making and the processing of the quarterback and the accuracy and all those things was at a different level of consistency. I want to get but to this I, quickly from Steven. Sorry. Um, uh, he says, did Clifford actually say that he hasn't seen, quote, that kind of energy out of a running back in a long time, referencing his freshman? Is that, I don't know what he's referring to. He, did you hear him say something like that? Yeah, he was, well, he was talking about, he was talking about them demanding the ball, saying, give me the ball, uh, that they were ticked on the sideline during one of the, you know, when the defense was on the field um, that they hadn't been given the ball. And this is something that Sean Clifford actually brought up two weeks in a row because he talked about it after the Maryland game as well. Um, just that type of, yeah, I, I don't know. You follow the NFL better than me, but I mean, I kind of remember Terrell Owens, right? Like that was like the deal was just yeah. give it to me. I don't care what the play is. Make sure it ends up in my hands. Uh, and that is the vibe. And I don't want to put that on those guys because I know T.O. has this terrible reputation. But like as a competitor and as a teammate, I think that I, well, I don't want to go down that road in any case. Yeah. Like he Just, wasn't he was the desire, the desire to be a part of the solution. Like I correct. want to be a part of the solution. Correct. Please let me help it is, yeah. you know. I don't want to bring up the bills again uh, two weeks in a row, but I saw a, a version of that on Sunday. And that's, I think what you're talking about is like this desire to be great. And within that, you know, in helping the team be great. And, and they, I think those running backs have proved over the course of the year that they have the ability to do that. David says 2020, no Micah journey or Pat Fryermuth, eight and one without the, without those. Um, he says that the year eight and one that season and one with, with those players. Yeah. 2020 injured Sean Clifford and of course PJ Mustafer. He thinks 10 and 2. 2022, they'll be 10 and 2 with everyone healthy. They yep. have been a top 10 program, according to David. I guess the pushback I'd say, David, is that if you if you lose two players in 2021 and you are a seven and three team, that is not the threshold because Penn State this year has lost these players, Joey Porter Jr. These are massive names. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, Curtis Jacobs missed a game. You have uh, Olufashinu, your left tackle, your starting left tackle. You finally got one, and he's been out for half the season. But the depth is such that they are still able to put a beat down on these teams. So to me, that that is a top 10 program um, because they were able to wet. It, that's what this year has been even for Ohio State and Michigan is weathering the injuries. And, and then it follows up. He agrees with me that Clifford's the quarterback, so they're inconsistent. So wrapping there, up things in the chat. I took, I took, um, uh, you know, somebody asked the question in the post game about like to, to Sean Clifford, Hey, you know, man, like all, all these injuries for, to, to be able to have this type of success in the face of those injuries. Like, what does that say about this team? And it, it, it just struck me. It was, it was funny because I, I was talking, I mean, I think most of us were talking about that all last year. Like, Hey, yeah. it's not. It, when these things happen, it is extremely hard. Like it is next to impossible to overcome some of these things if you are put into those positions because the next guy inevitably isn't as good as the guy at the top. Uh, yeah. And but but that was framed as an excuse, as though it was just like making picking things out of thin air of like, oh well, this is uh, th th it is not a valid reason for Penn state to have gone seven and six last year. But I, I would argue very much to the contrary <laughs> that it was a valid reason. And yeah. that this year 
more credit is deserved uh, than what really they've gotten to be able to to do the things that they've done at this point in the season. And I think it's also fair to point to what's happened to those teams. I understand they didn't have Tanner Morgan, but Minnesota, you know, they won seven games this year. Um, Maryland, the week after they play Penn State, puts up 30 points. So Penn State's defense, at least, is for real. You know, these, these are teams that could score points that they completely shut down. And, and again, I just want to say, when you do the retroactive, you beat a team and you blew a team out and then they suck. That's not giving credit to like, here's what they were before. Here's what they are after. Just because they aren't the best of the best doesn't mean they're bad. And there are elements of all of these teams that can be dangerous. Even Michigan State, which we, you know, we can talk about a little bit today. Um, but it, it's just like, give, give the context of Penn State what is clearly, as we talked about, a top 10 team. But there is a clear line between the best of the best and the teams that are trying to get there. And if that causes you stress, I get it. But Nate, I got to ask you one quick question. Okay? Go ahead. Go. Do you have kids? I do. Do you have kids during the holidays them. or do, do they magically disappear during the holidays? No. No. no? Sometimes so people so help watch them during the they're holidays. And, but they're around all the time. And even not during the holidays, maybe when you're not feeling well and you're not at your best, and you know what I'm going to tell you about rogueshop.com. If you have the stress of parenting, which I don't have to because, you know, I don't have kids. So whatever. I'll use them as the excuse today to talk about rogueshop.com. Use promo code BWI for 10% off uh, at rogueshop.com, which they can for seriously, though, um, if you have anxiety, if you have any sort of issues with being nervous or or anxious or you have problems sleeping, Natural remedies are something that I fully endorse. Finding a holistic, real, natural method to help you uh, with problems that we all face. So if you want a uh, to go to a, a cannabis dealer that is uh, all natural, small batch, they do everything, lab tested, certified, FDA approved, then go to rogueshop.com. I use their products myself. Um, it, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, Football season is a grind. It is a very long process. It is every single day, seven days a week. There is not a break. And while this is a fun job, the person who said if you do what you love in your life, you'll never work a day in your life is is a liar. Listen, I've wanted to do what I'm doing right now since I was 15. And I can tell you that I work every single day of my life. I'm living my dream, but every day is work if you want if you want to be good at something. And if that stress is like you are on that pace or you have stress in your life, um, they're all natural products. Help me out. They can help you out as well. So rogueshop.com. Again, you can see R-O-G-U-E shop.com. Use promo code BWI. Get 10% off. Tell them T. Frank sold you, uh, told you to come out and check out what they've got going on over there. Whether you're a dad like Nate or you're uh, an obsessive compulsive worker like me, whatever you need, they can help you out with. Do not consume while actively caring for children. Just a <laughs> disclaimer. Good to know. Good yeah. to know. I will I'll keep that in mind for someday. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. What do you want to talk about next? <laughs> I'm just going to say, wait, at least wait until they're in bed. Um, what do I want to talk about next? Uh, I don't know. What do you got? So, I guess the offense. This is a conversation I've had with some people over at the at the website on the Lions Den message forum. Is now that Penn State is on a roll over the last five games, it's like, man, if you could flip the season around, um, then you know things would be different. You could take on Michigan. You could you could maybe beat Ohio State. And I guess we just spent a good amount of time talking about how Penn State is good, right? But also don't forget Penn State, their their left tackle is 280 pounds and he's a true freshman playing in his fifth game. So 
those realities didn't go away, but Penn State has found a way to manage them because football is entirely about matchups. And they have they've hit as part of the schedule where they can work through those weaknesses. Yeah. But um, I think that there's this retroactive sense now because a lot of people are like, you go definitely beat Michigan now because the defense is on. I guess mm. that's the part. That is the part I do want to examine, though, is the growth of this defense over time. Yeah. Do you think if if this if you if you rewound the clock and Penn State was as it is now, do you think you can retroactively apply these performances and I guess the level of execution, not necessarily the outcome? Would that I mean, have my, made that game more competitive if they yeah, were my, more I mean, on the level? I, I think the question is: Is Michigan the way that Michigan is now? Like, are, is the is the question very simply? Oh, if you played Michigan in the eleventh week of the season, uh, would it be different? Maybe. I, I mean, Michigan played a crazy good game. Like, they were just really good in that yeah. game. That was. I, I don't think that anybody's going to argue with the sentiment. And I haven't watched every Michigan game, but I cannot imagine that they played a more complete game against anybody this season than they did in that game. They were awesome. That was a great team in that game. Now they're banged up too, right? Like yep. they've got some issues uh, in terms of that, that offense. And so playing keep away and the risk averse stuff. I mean, he's like Michigan's still playing Michigan football and <laughs> Illinois, <laughs> Illinois is perfectly yeah. suited to be competitive in a game they like play that. Michigan football. Rutgers plays Michigan football, which is why that game was close at halftime until uh, Michigan pulled away in the second half because of the turnovers. Uh, it, so it's not like Michigan has done this all season where they score four points in the first half and then 30 points after halftime uh, because they finally have to actually try and score points instead of just wasting all of our time for the first 20 minutes of the game. Gosh, I do. hate that that... I hate that that plan works. I, was I gonna, hate that I their was, boring plan works. I was I was going to pull it up, and I, I mean, uh, this is going to get me in trouble. When was the last time that Sean Clifford threw an interception? Ooh, three weeks ago against two Ohio uh, State. Well, <laughs> I mean, he had he yes. had a terrible game against Ohio State in terms of interceptions, right? right? Uh you but, caught me off guard here. Uh, did well, he, no, I mean, I'm catching Did he throw one at Indiana? Did he throw one at Indiana? I don't think so. I, it doesn't matter. I, he, my larger point is that for as stop and go as Penn State's offense has been even down the stretch, like they really, they, they were rolling a little bit against Ohio State. They were rolling against Minnesota. Uh, they were halting at Indiana halting against Maryland in the rain and halting this past week. Yep. Uh, they have not, he has not put them in the backbreaking situations for the most part outside of that Ohio state game. And obviously yep. Michigan, like, so we have these, we have these very clear examples of where it has cost them, but, in terms of why they've been able to have the success and the the type of success that they've had, it still seems to me that it's as, you know, Nick Singleton, Katron Allen, and not turning the ball over for yeah. the most part. Uh, we'll talk about Drew Aller here in just a second, but you're our special teams expert. Tough. There's a lot of, there's a mixed bag. By the way, Lambda has a, our back, and I did confirm it as well. He threw one against Indiana. Um Special teams, punting was an adventure. Field goals were great. Kicker turn was great. Um, mm -hmm. What have you made of special teams so far this season? Because James Franklin talked about how hard they've worked at it, and it mm -hmm. has been very inconsistent this season. Yeah, I mean, I think Jake Pinnegar has been pretty good. Uh, I think that kickoff has been somewhat inconsistent, but has been mostly better. Uh, Barney Moore, I think... I, I don't know. I mean, you could tell me this. Maybe, maybe you've noticed it more closely than I have. Maybe you haven't. But it seems to me as though Barney and Moore has tried to, uh, you know, uh, turn his repertoire into more of a variety of kicks, right? He It seems like he's rolling right a little bit more. And I, I don't 
Like that's not my thing, <laughs> but it's when not my he, thing either. That's why well, I threw it to you. <laughs> yeah. But then, but then he had to sit a series. He had to sit yep. for a punt uh, and then came back in and guess what his, like it went back to the normal, what I would call normal spiraling, just a very conventional punt. And mm-hmm. it was perfect, right? Yeah. 50 it died. yards or whatever. It just died. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I think special teams have not. I, I think that Nick Singleton having that kickoff return for a touchdown, uh, J- James Franklin talked about it after the game uh, as he was like, I, I'm you know, really happy for Stacey Collins specifically for yeah. that because it is something that they've tried. Like it, it's something they have wanted for that to happen. Uh, and yeah, I mean, Nick Singleton, once again, you know, here's this game breaking kind of talent who just, you know, you could, you could see it happening before it happened that he was going to do that. And yeah. he did. Uh, how many they've had, I think three people back there though, trying to get through the inconsistencies, trying to get through some of the, the youth that they've had back there. So it has been a, a journey so far this season. Well, they've also had injuries, right? Like be, they have normally it's the third running back who is back there. Uh, or you are willing to put your top running back back there if you have the depth that you feel comfortable with with Kevon Lee and Katron Allen. And mm-hmm. so, like, they played. I mean, I think Daquan Hardy was back there at one point, Devin maybe. Ford. Devin Ford is gone. Omari Evans maybe has been Katron back Allen. there. Katron Allen has been back there. But because you're so thin, Otherwise, yeah, right. Like, yeah, at, at, at the running back position. Uh, okay. So let's let's talk about Aller. What'd you think? How would he do? Um, I thought he was a freshman. Uh, like in a, in, uh, I've I've been describing it this way, and I, I hope that it comes across the right way. There are flashes of awesome. Like you just, you see it. It's, it's a, it's a, you know, people talk about when you go to pro golf events, you know, uh, as opposed to your local country club, right. And Bob, the 12 handicap hits it off the first tee and it sounds the way it always sounds right. Yeah. Like it just, that's how it sounds to hit a driver. And then you go to a pro event and they hit the ball and it just, it's different. It, it just, yeah. it's, you can't miss it. It's just so different. Drew Alar has that. <laughs> you, you can see it, but he hasn't wrangled it to the point where it's always consistent. Um, and, and so you, you see some of the mistakes, you see some of the misfires uh, and yeah. to be expected. I thought that the interesting dynamic on Saturday was uh, okay. It, at least I'm watching the message boards. I, you know, I see people wanting him to come in, get yep. Drew in the game, get Drew in the game, get Drew in the game. Drew comes in the game and the passing game is not really the working. same. It's the right? same. Let's it's the same. It, maybe even a little bit less than it was. And they were the same players against the same players on the other side. But then he runs the ball and looks good doing it like yeah okay he's starting to loosen up this defense a little bit and then at the end of those plays it's like crunch (laughs) (laughs) and and you know me and my big picture mindset i'm like oh okay for as much of the argument is that it's irresponsible to not have him in the game getting all of these valuable reps I turned on a dime and thought to myself, get him out of there. Hold get up. This, hold up. Let me, let me give you the counterpoint. He's going to run. Um, Fitz brought this up on the post game show that he said, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world that he gets hit because he's a quarterback. That's going to play football for a long time. And sure. uh, the running game isn't going away if he's the quarterback. So, what do you think about that? Just like, okay, he. I'll give you an example. 
I thought he's been a little tentative in the pocket when he's been pressured, even though pressure doesn't get there, which is, mm-hmm. you know, what Sean Clifford does. So mm-hmm. if he gets hit and he gets a little more acclimated and, it, you know, he has a little less fear in the pocket, is that worth it? Is that a learning experience you want him to take now? Look, I don't think that there's necessarily like a right answer to this. I just know that if this isn't even really necessarily just a hit, it maybe it's just more the risk of an unprotected quarterback running the ball where they're susceptible to maybe some meaner hits than they would otherwise take. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I mean, if, if, like, if, put it this way, if, if he got hurt, if he got hurt mm-hmm. and missed the spring or missed any type of extended time, uh, I cannot imagine many people, including myself, would say, oh, that was worth it. That, that, OK, <laughs> that's fine. I can I can live with that. OK, those are the breaks. You, you lost your starting quarterback for the 2023 season who has the, all of this all world potential because you wanted to get him valuable experience against Rutgers. I'm, I, I just I'm not sure people would feel that way. Uh, I disagree because I do think that at a certain point, if you're playing football, there is a certain amount of randomness and not to do this again. And I apologize, but I keep hearing he's Ben Roethlisberger. I keep hearing he's Josh Allen. I keep hearing all these comparisons. Sure. Uh, if if you want him to be that guy, that's a part of it. That's true. You know, that is that's that true. is a part of the football game where if you want that big boy running down the sideline and you want to cheer that your guy is unstoppable and he can do all those things then you have to accept that those it's the reality and and i don't and I he's a, a hard time boy. like he's he, he's a big dude right he'll um, be fine you're right i'm wrong i i just i i don't think you're wrong but i do think that there is this there is this with drew aller right now there is this loss mentality there is this we have it and we have to clutch it we can't lose it but also we have to grow it it's the most important thing it has to be out there but it can't be out there it's like if you love it let it go let it be let the journey unfold as it does. And I think that, that that's the best way to go. And, and you know, generally, I think that there has been a lot of fear around Drew Aller because of the, the what he represents. Yeah. Like the fear of actually being really good and, and, and having that potential. You've got to realize it, but also there are steps that go along that way. So they're they're already having the conversation in the chat. We're late to this. Bowl season. Early mm-hmm. bowl projections. What are you looking at? Orange, citrus, cotton, banana bowl. What are you looking at? Uh, I think I I don't know. I could be. Well, first of all, I, I think that this is so stupid. That's the first thing that I have to say is that uh, I'm I'm in the press box before the game. Right. And this is not in any way an indictment on my colleagues, but I'm listening to the conversation around me and it is all right. If, if Michigan and Ohio state is close next week and you know, do do they both get in? And uh, if LSU wins, does it's just this, endless cycle the, of the machinations of the bowl picture yeah, yeah it's like all these possibilities which is fine it, it, it is fine to have this conversation it is so exhausting and stupid <laughs> that college football does not just have a thing that you do that gets you into a playoff right like this notion this notion of Man, the the committee is really going to have a difficult time justifying Tennessee's place because they beat this team earlier <laughs> this season, but then also lost to a t- like. This is so stupid. You know how you get to the playoffs? <laughs> Do you know how you get to the playoffs in the NFL? You win your games. You win your games, and then yeah. and then like yeah, if something really crazy happens <laughs> and there's a tie or whatever, then there's this checklist of things that have to happen for you to be able to get into the playoffs. Uh, College football is so dumb that it (laughs) cannot figure out a system where more than, I mean, even for the four teams that do get in, the system that they have is stupid. But then beyond that, 
it's okay. It has all of these ramifications on what everyone else is doing. Like, I, I have no idea. Maybe Penn State will go to the Rose Bowl because Ohio State and Michigan play a close game and then a group of people sitting in Los Angeles decide that that makes those two teams more valuable to get into the playoff than somebody else in the SEC. Like it just, it is, it, it is, it is so stupid. Uh, and that that's my piece. So yeah, I think Penn state will go to the Rose bowl. That's what I think. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was trying to keep it the whole time and you nailed it. you you stuck the landing Rose bowl. Pretty exciting. <laughs> pretty exciting. Nate. It could be, it could be interesting. It could be interesting, but, but again, we always get back to the same point, which is uh, this sense of none of these games actually matter. Who cares? What, what difference does it make? Right. If Penn state, yeah. Penn state got to, and, and here's the thing that, that evens this out a little bit, right. Is okay. I'm saying this covering Penn state football and it's going to sound like I'm a proponent of Penn state getting to the best bowl possible, right? No Penn state last season got to a bowl game that it didn't deserve to be in because of its name brand. And it's yep. like all of these different factors. That was a team that had no business. It, it, it was slated to play in Las Vegas, that, that's the bowl that it should have been in based on its record and teams that it played and all of those different things. Penn State might make its way in, into the Rose Bowl this season by circumstance of two of the teams that it lost to managing to get into the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's just it's so dumb, but it, it is not a it is not a merit based system, not entirely a little bit. Yes. But if Penn State goes to the Cotton Bowl instead of the Rose Bowl, or if Penn State goes to the Orange Bowl instead of the Rose Bowl or the Cotton Bowl, like it, oh, okay, it, that's yeah. just what they decided. Like yeah. people decide this. That's it. It's just people. <laughs> it's not a system. There's yeah. no reason for any of it. It's just because people wearing ugly orange blazers <laughs> who show up in press boxes sat around with cigars and said to themselves, you know what the uh, the Chamber of Commerce really thinks this would be a good idea <laughs> for downtown Hollywood, Florida, to have Penn State in this game because they travel well. <laughs> it, it's it's so stupid. It's so, so at dumb. least it hurts there's your silver lining: is that Penn State fans, uh, you're great. And you love football, so you will get the VIP treatment when it comes to the bowl games, if possible. Um, yeah, and there's also the thing of like, oh, you can't have a you can that that team came here three years ago. You can't go to the Fiesta Bowl. Saquon Barkley was you can't do it because it, they might not come back. It's you're, it's a very good point to point <sighs> out that it's tourism. It is it's tourism it, masquerading as <laughs> yeah. They're just exhibition games. It's 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 so stupid that. And, it, and, and, and not only is it stupid, I keep saying stupid because it is stupid, but at, like under the laughs, it is such a disservice to everyone who follows the game, the fans, the players who are in the game, the coaches, all of it. The entire system is set up on failure. It is all based on the notion that everyone is failing because the only level of success that exists is getting into this stupid playoff a playoff that doesn't represent in any way a level of achievement that suggests, Hey, winning 10 games is pretty good. That, yeah. that deserves the opportunity to continue to play. But instead, yeah. this is what it is. 65 teams four make a playoff. I mean, the, there is no other smaller percentage that get into a playoff in any other sport that I can think of. There's uh, none. It's it's live golf. It's so dumb. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I no. I I, I want to keep drilling this well, but I I I, I don't want to go too deep because I feel like we we've, we've hit a perfect spot here. So I'll ask this: the other things that come up as we get towards the end of the season, um, I don't think either of us really love speculating on who's going to transfer. Uh, NFL draft stuff, and then Penn State now has to consider like once you're good again. Coaches moving on to different jobs. So yep. do you have an eye on 
any of the coaches that you were looking at as far as names were heard last season that didn't move, guys that are part of, you know, that you think names are going to crop up and might move on this year, causing some of that dreaded turnover that James Franklin hates so much? Uh, I don't, and I and I actually think, I'm glad you brought it up, it is, it is the thing that people need to get over uh, and start worrying so much more about players leaving. Yeah. But bottom line is your head coach sets the tone. He's the guy who makes the hires and the fires and, and someone else will come in to that position or that coordinator role and, and life will go on all of those things, right? Like who's talking about Joe Lorig right now? Anybody? Right. Is anybody talking about Kirk Shiraka right now? Is it right? I, I mean, even uh, even Brent Pry, right? Like Brent Pry left, and, right. and the entire conversation was, "Oh my goodness, how's Penn State going to be able to replace Brent?" Brent's a great guy; he's a great coach, and hopefully, he's able to do something with that opportunity. But yeah, there's there there will be another Manny Diaz out there if Manny Diaz isn't available. Um, that's just that's just the way that the coaching game works. What All right. isn't available, what isn't available are the players that you have invested in college football more than anything else is an investment sport. Okay. And so you put the time in, you put the reps in, you grow these players. And so the players that you have put that time and energy into now have the opportunity to the world is their oyster. Yeah. Right. And so, so are you, are, are you saying, because of the transfer portal and NIL, are you are you leaning NIL, into that conversation? NIL, that's it. That's it. That's it. Is somebody's gonna leave? I'm not. I'm not saying a per. I'm not like this. Is not a like. Oh, I'm reporting. Wink, wink. Like right. No, no, no. Right, right. I'm just saying the Jordan Addison situation last year was the beginning of this, and it's not going to be fifth year transfers it's going to be freshmen sophomores who play yeah. really well who their camp is going to learn of an offer an nil opportunity right opportunity that exists somewhere else like teams are going to throw i mean they're talking about it coaches are talking about it you can hear it on the radio shows and tom allen did it uh, this big diatribe about you know other players being poached like yeah this is in the the gray area. Like it is, it is against the rules. Yes, but there are ways to massage it. That teams are doing this. It is happening right now. <laughs> and so, if you're worried about anything as a Penn State fan, it shouldn't have anything to do with the coaching staff. Bottom line is the coach, how much like that turnover is just going to happen. It it exists. But how much players? How much? How much chaos? Like, are we talking? lots of fish in the sea or are we talking about a uh, big names like what do you think alabama's recruiting a roster so that this will never happen to them ever again uh, where they lose two games and they're in close games like like how condensed is this going to get i think that you've heard it said publicly that co the recruiting process in december will be this specific december will be the wildest thing and not in a good way, not in a good way. It will be the wildest thing that's ever happened in college football because everyone is for sale, right? Everyone. And so yeah. uh, it's like you are, you are recruiting your high school prospects and you are recruiting the heck out of your current roster to make sure that the guys that you want to stay are happy and, and, and have that fulfillment that they want to remain in, in the program. There are going to be a ton of guys just like, don't take this the wrong way. There will be a ton of guys who committed to Penn state. People talk about drew Alar, you know, potentially leave. Like that doesn't make any sense at all. Right. He, he can be the starter at Penn state next season. That, yeah. Like that, those playing time issues, like anything like that is not a reason for him to transfer. He, he doesn't have any – like, I shouldn't even use him because I don't want to put that out into the ether. I'm just saying player X will be hearing in the general landscape of college football these stupid 
numbers. Like they're, they're, the earning potential that is out there is going to be difficult for some people to ignore. Yeah. So it's going to be, it's just going to be super, super interesting. It's, it's a frustrating place to get to the point that I think all of us that follow this and thought deeply about the situation players were in, we all wanted them to have that opportunity, but mm-hmm. we didn't want it to be a competitive blood in the water sharks feeding scenario where competitive balance was once again skewed in a perverse way. Like we just revenue sharing the idea of players being able to make money off of their name, image and likeness, not that they were going to be bought for their name, image and likeness. So, but what this leads to me to Nate more than anything is you really got to subscribe to the blue white illustrated daily edition because this is the only show that goes five days a week. So this is the only show that's going to get you the breaking news in December and break it down with experts like Nate Bauer, who's telling you about it before it happens, and Sean Fitz and Ryan Snyder, the leading insiders in Penn State football recruiting to give you the heads up on, hey, here's what happened, or hey, keep an eye out for this. BlueWhiteIllustrated.com is going to be your source for all this information, and here on the Daily Edition, we're going to talk about it, and it's coming up all December. So guess what? Nate, you don't get Christmas off. (laughs) I, I told my wife that tonight. She wasn't thrilled. Anyway. All right. Well, that'll do it for today. Uh, we don't have any information now. We'll be talking about yeah. we'll, we'll be talking about Thanksgiving and all the things coming up. Make sure you subscribe. We love you all. Have a good night. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.